Hello and welcome to episode 117 of our SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is November 4th and together with Robert and Goran, we're here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hello. So one topic that is probably top of mind for a lot of customers at the moment, and, and probably all of us have been impacted recently, is supply chain. For their digital supply chain solution, SAP has products like the SAP Integrated Business Planning, um, IBP, and the Ariba Network. So Microsoft is actually also a big customer of, of, of these solutions. Um, and now, similar like the topic that um, Satya showed during his keynote at Ignite, where he demoed how to integrate an SAP S4HANA public cloud system with Microsoft Teams, you can also extend SAP <coughs> supply chain scenarios with Microsoft products. Today, I'm very happy to welcome Dominic Benedict from SAP and Bartosz Jarkowski from um, Microsoft to our podcast again. Dominic will talk about two blog posts that he has published um, a few weeks ago, where he integrates um, supply chain scenario with um, Azure Machine Learning and um, Microsoft Teams. But before we hand over to him, as always, let's quick take a quick look at some of the news um, from um, this week. And I actually want to uh, start with two blog posts that are um, basically a continuation of what we talked about um, last week when, when, when we had this uh, focus on sustainability um, on the Azure data centers, where we talked about um, efficiency, where we talked a lot about some, some cool projects that Microsoft is currently working on. And just two days ago, um, Noel Walsh, um, CVP for Cloud Operations and Innovation, um, released a blog post to uh, yeah, share the latest improvements to efficiency in Microsoft data centers. And I think we covered actually quite a lot of topics. So, so Paul, Paul Edlund co covered quite a lot of uh, topics on this, but I still thought, thought it was really interesting to, to really highlight again the power usage efficiency, the water usage eff effectiveness, and then also um, how we actually operate in different regions. So, so how does it look like in North and South America? What's um, top of mind in, in the Europe? European countries and and um, Asia and Pacific and stuff like that. And what do we do? That was also something that I found um, really interesting because especially we talked about um, uh, yeah cutting down trees to to make way for for some data centers. And then um, here now we were talking about what what are we actually doing to improve um, the the environment, um, um, trees and um, uh, yeah uh, um, the the surroundings of our data centers. So. Um, that was a, a really, really nice um, blog post that is basically just a continuation um, of the episode that we had last week. Another thing that just came up, what I found also extremely interesting is um, sustainability guidance for AKS, for Azure Communica uh, Kubernetes Services. So basically, um, how can you influence or, or have sustainability um, in your mind when you actually work with AKS? Um, are there some best practices? Are there some recommendations? And and um, there's actually some some really nice guidance, so some patterns from this green software um, patterns uh, foundation here um, that, that explain what can you do um, when, you, when you're actually using an AKS service? So what can you do as a developer? And there is actually some 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 documentation on this uh, and it, it, it talks about Look, um, considering these aspects can have positive and, and potentially also a negative impact. So, for example, um, applying sustainability software engineering principles can give you faster performance. Um, 
or latency um, by by maybe lowering the total network traversal. So so if you design your software that it's closer together, but on the other hand, there could also be a cost that well there is slower performance um, because um, you, you you deal with higher latencies because um, in the recommendation to to really consider sustainable aspects, you you put your your um, development de deployments in in different regions or something like that. So I thought it was really really interesting I, I still think we are at the very beginning that that the developer if they develop an, an application that they think of these topics but i i thought it was quite interesting to see that um these sustainability aspects are now not only on a data center level on a on an azure corporate level but but we're really trying also to provide some guidance to developers on these topics so um Moving on, um, we, last week we actually said we would skip some news um, from, from the week to, to really put the focus on the session on sustainability. So Goran, one of the things that you brought up um, last week was the um, availability zones <coughs> yeah, for definite so, up files. Um, I mean, that that's uh, some preview feature that basically you can deploy Azure Netup file uh, as a zonal one. Um, Interesting is, uh, I mean, we use uh, NetApp is used in the SAP context, special in the context of the databases, HANA, Oracle, yeah. Um, this is uh, and how the whole. I mean, NetApp is generally, uh, if you don't use for the SAP, you can create the volumes and it will be created somewhere in the in the region in some data center. However, for the databases, uh, it can we can't just do like this because they could it, that could create a latency between the compute and the storage. And what we do basically, we need to pin the compute to a certain data center. In the past, we were doing pinning on the uh, Azure NetApp, which is a bit complicated process. Luckily, that was improved so mm -hmm. with the application volume group. So we just pin the compute and and. Uh, NetApp would be automatically created in correct data center. That might be, let's see, that might be a kind of further improvement. Um, the idea is if you maybe just uh, go down a little bit to the picture, it's <clears throat> um, you can always uh, uh, deploy a VM in a, a compute in a certain zone. And then here is the also feature to deploy a volume in a zone. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> That does not guarantee yet the the low latency or sub millisecond latency for the database, uh, but it's still at least it could happen. It doesn't have, but at least it's a one step forward. Let's see if we can um, have this also as a part of the SAP features in the future. Um, as long as we can guarantee the low level latency, um, I think that would be an ideal solution for to remove actually any kind of the pinning meaning. The customer does not rely here on us. They can do fully uh, uh, by themselves. Just deploy compute and the NetApp without any pinning. Would be a great stuff. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm happy to see it as a at least as a preview feature, right? Yeah. So if we go to the next one and talk about the storages, we were talking about the premium. Just mentioned the GA of the premium SSD V2. Um, I think that uh, so here, of course, there's always a question, OK, how to do it, use it in the SAP context. So fast storage is always for the database. HANA is the leading database here. Uh, the great stuff here in the past, we couldn't use, uh, I mean, or at least we could use premium SSD v1 only for the log disk with the right accelerator. 
because of the sub-millisecond latency, but only on the M-series. So premium SSD offer sub-millisecond latency, meaning they could use for the data and for the log file, both. And that that's really uh, that that's uh, that's a really uh, a, a great value uh, benefit here. Mm -hmm. The nice stuff is so this is official document for the Hana itself, right? Uh, I mean the nice stuff here it's um, uh, um, you have also uh, fully separated you have uh, uh, pricing per size yeah. per IOPS and throughput, and this you can change. Uh, that's meaning you can really much better tune your your uh, not only performance but also the pricing, and you can use it for the non M. Uh, you can use on M series, but you can use also on different E series, so yeah. EV4, EV5. That's that's really great. Um, <clears throat> there are some tips and tricks you can use uh, on one disk, uh, put it the stuff, but you can also strap it as well. Again, it's about some technical and pricing stuff. Anyway, just to make it sure, uh, customer, we will go into deep in, in some of the uh, future scenarios, just a little bit highlight, but just warmly welcome to check it. That's, uh, it's an excellent document here yeah. uh, to check it for the HANA. Yeah. Cool, great, thank you. Okay, uh, moving on to, an, to another announcement. Um, there was um, an announcement by Javier Fernandez on uh, getting SAP events into Azure Event Grid. Uh, so we have actually been working with SAP uh, for quite some time now to um, get events, and, and we, we're starting with, with um, S4HANA, SAP S4HANA um, on-premises events um, via SAP Event Mesh into Azure Event Grid. And the, the beautiful thing there is obviously from a from a connectivity point of view, it's, it's almost out of the box. So um, we're using the concept of partner topics on the on the Microsoft side, so it's it's fairly easy to connect then um, SAP Event Mesh um, with your Azure um, Event Grid subscription. And once you have done this, then getting events from your SAP system into um, Event Grid is actually fairly straightforward. And then obviously, once we have the events um, on the Event Grid side, then getting this into something like, for example, Teams is 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 really really simple. So I have actually. Um, created um, a, a small video that, that outlines the whole scenario. And in my specific case, I just um, took an SAP system, obviously, uh, get the event into Event Mesh. So in this case, I, I looked at a business partner event. And then once I have it in Azure Event Grid, I have multiple subscribers there. And, and one of the subscribers is, is posting an adaptive cart into Teams. So, so really a very straightaway um, scenario. And I, I think this, this event integration um, this is a pattern. This event-driven architecture patterns is something that we're seeing um, more and more with customers. So I'm I'm really happy um, that we have this now um, as a as a preview available. So so you can definitely sign up there. There are some um, some links and and more informations available where, where you um, can sign up for this preview program. So uh, highly recommended to to give it a try. Then. Um, one more thing that I was really excited about is in the area of the Power Platform again. Um, so for me, what, what is really amazing is um, um, I think a few years ago, everyone started to infuse AI in, in everything, basically. And where, where I can really, really see this happening now is here in the Power Platform. So I think we talked about um, the preview of this um, some some months ago where we where we had this um, uh, 
capability that is also available in, in GitHub Copilot, basically, where you where you write something, then it, it translates this into actual code. And that's now what is GA in the Power Platform. So this transforming natural languages to form formulas. So instead of um, picking out the right formula, you can say, just say, I want to sort this table um, by first name um, in a descending order or something like that. And then Power Automate takes this um, natural language and translates it into a PowerFX call. So I thought this this is really, really cool. And then the other thing that is really fantastic that I also that I'm using constantly basically is this transforming examples to formula. So I'm not sure if you can see that, but there's a complicated date time string um, with the date and um, let me see if I can increase this here. Yeah, um, with the date and and the, the the time here. And maybe you want to reformat this. And and obviously you can do this um, with regular expressions. But I always need to Google um, the the right regular expression. Now you can just say, um, look, this is what it looks today. But I would like to have it in a different format. And then again, using AI, we are we are transforming this into the right um, regular expression to then provide you with the. Um, the output that you're looking for. So again, for, for me, this is this is something where I can really see in the whole power platform that this concept of infusing AI is something that is really happening. So if you are using um, if you are a power platform user, then I can definitely check this uh, recommend to check this out. Now I'm trying to get a, a bridge to the next topic uh, to the last topic, and that is um, when you have a power platform and you want to connect to an SAP system, you need to have single sign on and the I would the, the godfather of of single sign on between SAP and Microsoft is Martin Reple, and he's just continuing with his amazing um, blog post series on principle propagation in a multi cloud solution between Microsoft Azure and the business technology platform. And now he's um, covering um, calling Microsoft Graph on behalf of an SAP authenticated user. So so this is now we're in the SAP world basically we're we're authenticated on the SAP world and now we want to call um the the Microsoft graph to retrieve some information from email from Azure Active Directory from a document that that you have stored or something like that and like always Martin has a very very detailed blog post um and nice architecture overview and then as always, uh, a really a nice step-by-step um, -step guide. This is what you need to do um, to uh, to get this working. So, um, if you want to do this, if you want to consume um, Microsoft Graph services from from an SAP point of view, then definitely check out um, Martin Reples' um, blog post. Good. So that's all the news from from this week. Um, with this, I would really like to um, welcome again Dominic and 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 Bartosz um, to to our um, show this week. Um, Dominic, maybe um, since you are the the guest from from SAP, maybe you can quickly um, introduce yourself. What are you doing at SAP? And then um, I'm really looking forward to the content that you have prepared. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um... Hi uh, everyone, my name is Dominic. I work at uh, SAP uh, in the uh, integrated business planning uh, product and I'm working in the uh, foundation and integration team 
and uh, I'm working in the product management area. And uh, most of the time I'm building proof of concepts uh, related to integration. Uh, so when it comes to integrating IBP with external systems or within SAP applications, um, what possibilities do we have for the integrations and what kind of APIs do we have uh, from both the sides and how do we build an integration? So this is most of the uh, core topic where I'm what I'm focusing on. And um, yeah, today I'm going to present some of uh, the ideas that we have experimented where we integrate uh, IBP uh, in a supply chain scenario together with some applications on the Azure uh, platform. Cool. So, so basically, uh, two topics that you've been working, experiencing on, yeah. and, and again, you, you had published two related blog posts um, on this, um, which we'll obviously also put in the show notes so that everyone um, can take a look at that. And I think in, in these scenarios, you were also working with Bartosz, or Bartosz was also providing some, some inputs there. Bartosz, you've been on the show before, but maybe you can still quickly introduce yourself as well. Hi everyone, I'm Bartosz Jarkowski. I'm a product manager in the Azure core team at Microsoft. <clears throat> and well, what I want to say at the beginning, Dominic, it was great pleasure working with you on these new features, uh, new reference architectures that allow to connect IDP system and, and Microsoft solutions. And also want to mention that this is a joint work uh, of a wider team. So Holger, you, you were engaged in this as well. Uh, and uh, there was a big team behind these two solutions. Uh, of course, me and Dominic, we are today uh, talking about this, uh, but just want to say a great kudos to, to everyone who are engaged in, uh, in, in solutioning of this. Cool. So Dominic, um, let, let's start um, with the Teams integration, uh, the, the adaptive cart integration that yeah. uh, you worked on. Can you maybe quickly talk about this scenario? Why, why did you take a look at that? Why, why is this so interesting? Yeah, sure. Um, so let me take uh, <coughs> let me take uh, um, my my slide deck as mm -hmm. uh, to start with, and uh, then I can go a little bit uh, deeper into it uh, with uh, with, a, with a blog post where I'm explaining yeah. uh, most of the parts in it. Okay, um, so what did we do with um, with the adaptive cards? Um, why was it interesting uh, for us? Um, so we were originally experimenting some of the capabilities uh, with uh, integrated business planning and the Ariba network. And uh, Ariba network is usually a place for collaborating network collaboration, basically for on, on for supply chain or also for normal uh, invoicing of finance uh, related applications or scenarios uh, to be very, very simple and naive on that. And um, if you take a look at the supply chain processes, uh, usually a buyer would like to get some confirmation from a supplier so that he can confirm mm -hmm. the way he is doing his planning. Uh, sometimes he also likes to get confirmation about products that could be delivered at a particular location or um, or even capacity of, uh, of, a, of a particular shop floor, for example. So there are a variety of variety of cases down there. Now, the interesting 
thing here is how can we leverage adaptive cards from Microsoft to enable a faster response or a very quick information uh, that we could provide to a supplier or a buyer in this entire process. So talking about the process, uh, let me explain a little bit about the process here. So what we did is we have an Esfahana system and we imported the Esfahana demaster data into an IBP instance. Mm -hmm. And in the IBP instance, we created all the artifacts that are related for planning. And we also use Excel as a tool for uh, visualizing a planning view. And from Excel, what we did is we triggered uh, a, a flow which potentially pulls the data from IBP, prepares the messages for the Ariba network and posts them over the Ariba network as a buyer. And this information reaches the supplier. Now, when it reaches the supplier, uh, this is where we are using adaptive cards to provide a snapshot of what we sent over the Ariba network mm -hmm. to the buyer via Teams. Now, there are two interesting use cases down here. One is um, imagine a supplier getting hundreds of such requests from different buyers or even from a single buyer, for example, but having uh, a snapshot of what is uh, what the request contains, it helps him to quickly make a decision or set his priorities um, without even logging into the Ariba network. Mm -hmm. So this is one advantage, but it doesn't necessarily need to be um, the only way to do it. It is just an alternative and a very good alternative uh, to provide a quick snapshot uh, just in, an, in his normal communication tools uh, that he have. That's one use case. Another interesting thing is if he wants to trigger subsequent uh, processes. For example, he wants to collaborate with his team members on deciding what uh, what orders he wants to process first. Maybe on a team's channel, some of the people who are involved in uh, the decision making could vote for a specific order from a buyer based on their local knowledge. For example, inventory of a specific product is very high at a particular location and you have an order exactly matching those uh, requirements, then he could give an immediate preference to, to that. He could react immediately and um, uh, this gives them a kind of a collaborative decision making based mm -hmm. on data which is available for him within a few seconds or or needless to log into multiple systems yeah, and the whole team has this information in the teams. So you don't need to have the entire team log into Ariba and know the data, but but, but sharing uh, this detail over teams, uh, you, get, you get a snapshot, snapshot of what the buyer sent, buyer's request, and this is shared across the whole team. And then the team can make their vote on what could be the highest priority or where do we have stocks or what their opinion is about a particular uh, particular order or a particular request from a buyer. So it gives it enhances the collaborative nature of yeah. uh, of a request that is coming from a buyer across a supply chain. So these so are. Really 
Yes. So, so it's really the, the the notification basically that I as a supplier get an active notification. I get an extract of the relevant information, and then I can still obviously decide. Oh, now I, I really need to take a look at Ariba and and take more information, get retrieve additional information. So it's the, this notification aspect, and it's the the first start basically of a collaboration that that I, exactly. I can now start my collaboration. I can pull in additional colleagues, maybe. They, they they don't even know of Ariba, but they they help me in the decision making process. I yes. have the relevant information in the in my Teams channel now, and I can collaborate with them. Exactly, and uh, it also opens a door for uh, another enablement here. Um, so you don't need to necessarily see this as a one-way communication from SAP to Microsoft or, or mm -hmm. via mm -hmm. Microsoft platform uh, on the adaptive cards, but you can also see it as a bi-directional way. For example, the adaptive cards have the possibility to um, uh, to embed actionable triggers in it, for example, a button to accept an order or cancel an order. Uh, in this use case, what we did is uh, we configured an IBP instance as a supplier. Now, once the supplier gets the adaptive card, he could also have a button to trigger some kind of a download into his IBP system. For example, uh, in this proof of concept, what we did is once you are interested in a specific order or you are interested in all the orders, what you can also do is you can have a button that triggers an action. And this action could literally pull the data from the Ariba network and insert this data back into IBP in a specific planning area, which the supplier has prepared for that particular use case. So, of course, you need to have different types of key figures, different yeah. types of planning levels, but it's absolutely up to the customer to define the buyer and the supplier to define how he wants it. And here we are leveraging the SAP cloud integration suite mm -hmm. for the different payload extraction from uh, IBP or from Ariba network, but also preparing the payloads that are needed for uh, the Microsoft Azure platform to generate these adaptive cards. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, this is also another interesting thing that I see uh, that as a supplier, you can pull this data from the Ariba network and you can use the adaptive card as a trigger to start yeah. the pull down process, actually. That's a good idea. Yeah. Can you okay. can you show us how the how the adaptive card or how the flow would look like? Um, yeah, so I have uh, prepared. Um, I've written a blog down here uh, explaining uh, the different aspects of uh, mm -hmm. uh, how we are using adaptive cards here. Um, this is the high level flow that I just shared with you, and uh, we need a, a logic app on the Azure platform. Mm -hmm. And uh, here is uh, a screenshot of the logic app itself, where it receives a HTTP request that is coming from uh, the cloud integration suite and there is a JSON payload that is actually passed um, based on the payload that we sent on the um, on the Ariba network and then based on this information we are preparing the adaptive card and once the uh, adaptive card reaches the um, supplier um, this reaches uh, this is how it looks like in his team's channel so here Great, you yeah. see uh, that's a forecast request that came from 
the SAP integrated business planning, you have the details. And of course, uh, this is not a hard coded one. You mm -hmm. can define how, how you want this layout to look like. So as I said before, you have the different products, the timeline, and you also have the quantity. So this gives you literally a snapshot of what is being sent from the buyer. And you can literally share this across your teams and people can yeah. vote for it. Uh, based on uh, what this is and uh, this gives them a very quick um, um, this gives them uh, a possibility to converse over a particular order and make a collaborative decision and you also have a data based uh, a data driven decision uh, down here and the the third one that I said here is you can use these actionable buttons to either import this data into your IBP system. This is an example. Of course, you can have your own idea of what you want to do your day, what you want to do with this uh, data. Right. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is how it looks like uh, from uh, the from the team's channel. Cool. No, I think I really like this, that, that, that the concept that now I have the relevant information or the extract um, information in teams. Yeah. I can pull in some other colleagues and then once we come to a decision, we can still jump back to the IPP system, then do some updates yeah. there and work from there. So, so exactly. we have this full circle. The information comes from IBP, um, comes finally reaches me as the supplier. I, I work on this and then I can um, do some actions on this um, later on as well. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a really great flow. Um, now let's maybe completely change the, the the topics. Um, yeah. I mean, now we have the, the collaboration aspect, but you also worked in another really interesting um, scenario where um, it's all about leveraging Azure Machine Learning um, in your scenario. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this is an interesting topic uh, because uh, um, this was actually a, a request that originally came from a customer itself, and um, and we also found uh, um, that a justifiable request. Now, what we are doing in the SAP Integrated Business Planning is um, we are doing different types of planning. Uh, we are doing different types of uh, forecasting, so to say, and um, for these forecasting processes, we are using algorithms that are implemented in uh, the SAP system. Say uh, it could be on the Svahan, uh, in the in the HANA database inside the libraries there, or it could also be algorithms that were developed and implemented along with the product itself. But they are for the customer, they are kind of a black box and they do some calculation. They are validated. Uh, they are industry proven algorithms. And uh, uh, this is what uh, a customer gets out of the box. And for 99% of the customers, they are more than sufficient to provide their own forecast. But imagine there are customers who like 
to who have developed their own algorithms who like to experiment mm -hmm. with their own options they want to bring in their own agility into the planning process by including other variables or other processes or data that could not be uh, just modeled inside an IBP instance for example so they like to implement their own forecasting methodologies or algorithms itself now how they do it and um, this is a, a proof of concept that we did together with uh, Microsoft um, using the Azure uh, ML platform and uh, we have developed a set of APIs and uh, using the APIs, what happens is uh, we are uh, do, trying to enable the planning on or at least trying to do the computation or the calculation process on the Azure uh, cloud. Now, as I said before, uh, in the previous uh, demo, um, we have an IBP instance, we have prepared a planning area there, and we use our Excel as a tool to view mm -hmm. the planning part. And what we did is um, we have created uh, um, a custom algorithm on the Azure machine learning platform. And we have exposed that implementation as an endpoint, and this endpoint is reachable from over the internet and uh, it is a public endpoint that is uh, residing on the Microsoft Azure cloud. Then we have modeled uh, a forecast method inside the IBP platform and when we trigger this forecast method what happens is there is a trigger that is going from the IBP instance to cloud integration suite and this cloud integration suite is making the necessary API calls to the IBP instance to pull the data, the extract the data, extract the metadata, and then push these details to the endpoint on the Azure ML platform. And mm -hmm. there, the custom algorithm does all the calculation and then gives us back the result. And this will be a forecast result. And this is an example of how uh, customers can implement their own custom logic on the Azure machine learning platform, yeah. but still use the refined prepared data that comes from IBP for that particular algorithm that, that is externally implemented. So here you see uh, once uh, here's a screenshot of the planning view itself from Excel. Um, once we have modeled uh, um, uh, a forecast uh, for doing external calculations, uh, that is available for you in this uh, drop-down uh, uh, drop down menu. Uh, this is a menu uh, a ribbon that you see on top of this Excel uh, that is coming from the Excel add-in, uh, Excel plugin actually, uh, from SAP. And uh, this Excel plugin gives you quite a lot of tools that are used between Excel and uh, the IBP uh, application. And uh, once when you press the simulate and uh, select on the statistical forecasting menu item, you will be able to see all the forecast models that have been prepared for that particular planning area uh, in this IBP instance. <coughs> and uh, here you see uh, there is uh, the 
the model called the external forecasting CIS, which is actually the model that is prepared for integrating with the um, Azure platform. And uh, sorry, pardon me. And on the on the left hand side, you see some of the attributes, some of the key figures, some of the values uh, that are available for the external algorithm. And when pressing this external forecast algorithm, this data that you see here is actually sent over the integration suite. And here mm -hmm. are some of the process steps from the cloud integration suite, which is pulling the data from IBP, preparing the data for uh, the algorithm that is implemented on the Azure machine learning platform. And once uh, the data is posted to the uh, Azure machine learning, then the response from that calculation is again inserted back into the IBP instance. Right, and here is a screenshot of how uh, you could use uh, the uh, use the notebooks on the Azure Machine Learning Studio to implement your own algorithm. Uh, now, interesting thing with the Machine Learning Studio is uh, you have quite a lot of uh, tools which you can use to build your algorithm. So it is not just only uh, a script editor. Uh, you also have uh, an automated ML. You have uh, a designer which can reuse um, multiple blocks in a kind of a flow uh, methodology. And uh, but you can also use very native Python uh, script, uh, which you are used as a data science engineer and um, uh, you have quite a lot of flexibility on how you want to implement your algorithm. And this gives you a complete transparency about the algorithm that you are implementing there. So it's not a black box there. It is literally up to you to de design and implement how your algorithm should look like, what you want to do with the algorithm. And this is exactly what customers want uh, sometimes. And this is also the intention of the external forecasting API that customers bring in their own logic and their own um, algorithm. And uh, this is a perfect tool uh, for such a such an um, such an activity. And uh, once your um, algorithm is implemented here, you can expose this as an endpoint and this endpoint is available for you. Um, uh, so this is an example uh, of an endpoint being an algorithm being deployed at an endpoint. And once you have the endpoint uh, deployed, you can also take a look at the logs on the different calls that are landing here. And here you see some of the calls that we tested from Postman. And uh, this is then uh, that's the end of uh, that's the endpoint itself. And um, we configure this endpoint in the cloud integration suite and uh, SAP cloud integration suite then calls that endpoint at that particular HTTP request and pulls the data back after the algorithm calculates the forecast and uh, this data is then inserted into IBP and the user uh, sees only the result of the calculation. So from a planner's perspective, he does not see any of these complications yeah, on yeah. machine learning or 
or the endpoints or even the cloud integration suite. He doesn't see that at all. All he sees is just this Excel mm -hmm. and he um, does some uh, he does a planning view, selects a particular statistical forecast method, and once he's done with that, his results are passed to the algor external algorithm. The calculation is done, and he sees the results in a very few seconds in his Excel sheet itself. So that is um, um, an interesting uh, uh, user experience where all the complexity is completely hidden from uh, the planner's point of view, from the planner's perspective. And he uses his Excel for his planning, like a, like he would use IBP for his yeah. planning, but here only the, all the calculation is done in Microsoft Azure platform. Now that's actually a pretty cool scenario. And as you said, um, I, as the planner, I continue to just use my Excel sheet. I, I, I work there and from there yeah. I can call or now leverage very customized, very individual um, training models on my Azure machine learning. And basically CPI, the cloud integration suite is the glue yeah. between um, yes. my, my Excel sheet in the end and um, the endpoints on the Azure machine learning side. That, that's really a nice scenario. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this because this shows how two technologies from two different companies can work together to help customers. So I, I always remember uh, the words from Satya who said about companies that need to invest in tech intensity to, to gain this competitive advantage. And this is a real example of, that, of how can they do it. They can take the data from SAP IBP system, which is fed with data from the entire SAP ecosystem and connect, connect this with our super, superior technology when it comes to machine learning and many customers can use Azure also to have their own data estate in, in our data lake. And this data, which sits outside of us SAP system, can also be a source in the Azure machine learning algorithms. So mm -hmm. you can really combine two words to, to make data-driven decision and that the data is exactly in the center which drives what you do. And, and this, is, this is really great. I very often in our life, I think we, we see that AI is just added to solutions yep. where, when it's not needed. And I was laughing when you said about uh, you, your comment about AI earlier today, and I immediately thought, for example, about the toothbrush with AI technology. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here, this is really, really cool because you have two large data sets that can drive how you run your company. And I, I'm really excited about this, this cooperation, Dominique. Thank you very much for, for, for doing this with us. Uh, yeah, and I look forward for our further improvements because yeah, we have uh, additional things planned. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so uh, this exercise is uh, not about proving uh, which platform is great or big. Uh, this is more or less focused extremely on uh, helping customers uh, to give them the customization they need, mm -hmm. uh, but also giving them uh, a comfortable user experience. So that's the main target of this. So in the IBP world, you have a lot of algorithms that are implemented, uh, but if you want 
if you want customer, if customers want to tweak these algorithms, it's not possible because you have to open up that box, right? Yeah. You need to, uh, customers have to write some code, implement that, uh, customize that, and uh, they need to know a lot of, uh, uh, a lot about IBP and, uh, and the plugins that are, the APIs that are in there. But in this approach, uh, using Microsoft Azure Cloud, the customers bring their own complexity, their own ideas, and implement that as a, as a in, in a container, literally. And their logic and their complexity is uh, completely separated from the business logic down here. And this gives them an enormous uh, time or um, uh, resource to focus only on what they want to implement. So their customization or their focus is literally uh, uh, the highest priority and they have that freedom uh, using the Microsoft Azure Cloud. And that's the most interesting or the, the, the val most valuable uh, thing out of here. Now, as a next step, we want to understand what happens if data gets more complex and what kind of other possibilities you have um, in the Microsoft Azure Cloud? For example, can you go into uh, traditional uh, machine learning methodologies like training a model, uh, preparing the model as an endpoint and later having a life cycle process around that model? For example, you want to enhance the model as as days grow, as years go. Can you have multiple versions of the model? How would the user experience be about the life cycle of the model itself? So these are some of the things that we want to look into as our next step. And um, but for this moment, this is a very interesting starting point. And uh, we have written uh, a blog about uh, this entire process end to end. And uh, the links for this blog would also be shared uh, along mm -hmm. uh, with this podcast. Yeah. Cool, fantastic, Dominic. I think these are these are some really really cool use cases, and I I actually love the um, the, the breadth of the scenarios that we're talking about. So so one is really end user focused, collaboration focused, um, um, where where we bring yeah the collaborative functionalities of um, mm -hmm. teams into the SAP digital supply chain. Mm -hmm. So so I think that is that is one really exciting thing, and obviously all, also. Um, since, since I've been working on these teams integration with other um, lines of businesses yep. at SAP. So, so this is for me one, one really, really cool end user facing thing. But then at the same time, also this much more um, deeper integration on, a, on a, as, as you said, not, not so visible for the end user, but behind the scenes where we have the, the po possibility to enhance an existing process on the SAP side and bring in Flexibility, like what you said, with a with a very customized algorithm, um, where where SAP obviously has a fantastic set of of pre-delivered um, models that the customer can use out of the box. But then there are things where where I as a customer maybe have specific needs, where I want to um, tr have a certainly trained model that is available on Azure ML, or that I want to train now and and build. And now that I have the possibility to connect this functionality into um, into my IVP process, I think that's really, really powerful. So I think um, it's it's really fantastic what you have done already, and um, I'm really looking forward to the next steps that that we are doing in this area. 
but with this, um, I think we're we're at the end. Um, thank you so much, um, Dominic Bartosz, for joining us. Thanks for for all the insights, and yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you again on the podcast in the future. Thank you very much, colleagues. It was uh, wonderful working with you, and I uh, really enjoyed uh, the collaboration that we have here, and also uh, the results that are coming out of this uh, that are so uh, helpful, that are very meaningful uh, for customers, I hope. And uh, thank you very much for the opportunity, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.